Uh, but I especially want to welcome you if you're here for the first time or maybe uh, visiting today. We're, we're so, so glad that you're here. My name is Andy. Uh, really, it is a joy to be uh, the senior pastor here at Troy United Methodist Church. Uh, so uh, did you know this? We're in single digits. Nine days until Christmas. Now, uh, I really don't care if you got your shopping done yet. I, I, I don't care. Uh, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Uh, if, if you were here a couple weeks ago, you recall that Jesus' kingdom uh, stands in direct opposition to our kingdom of stuff. So, so if you're not done, don't worry about it. Uh, Jesus shows up and, uh, all the same. You don't need to worry about it. But, uh, but the, the real question is, uh, not if you've gotten all your shopping done, but have you watched all of your favorite Christmas movies yet? Uh, we just finished up our lineup uh, last night and have been enjoying uh, this season, uh, getting caught up on all our Christmas classics. Uh, and as you've heard, we've been in this, uh, really this fun message series of, of kind of taking a look at each of the, the, these uh, Christmas classics that we've lined out, some of our favorite Christmas movies, and seeing how Jesus um, and his birth really rewrites the script, not only of those stories, but really the story of our lives. Uh, so far, we've had fun with the Grinch. Uh, we had fun uh, last week. David brought it with uh, Rudolph and his misfit friends. Um, and, and this week, we're engaging in the 1983 cult classic, A Christmas Story. Uh, but before I give away too much about this holiday movie that is a favorite for so many, I, I really want to test your knowledge about it. So uh, if you have been here the last couple weeks, you know what to expect. If not, this is what we're, we've been doing. Uh, take your message notes and turn it over. Uh, there are uh, 10 numbers there. Uh, you can uh, pull that out, get a pen or a pencil. We're getting ready to take the Troy UMC Christmas Classics Trivia, A Christmas Story. Uh, one of the winners uh, will receive um, a, a gift card to go uh, watch your own mo a movie of your choice instead of uh, being forced to watch these. Now, here's, here's a little hope for those of you who, uh, who, who haven't been doing so well uh, the past couple weeks. Um, in 8 o'clock service, there was a couple who had only gotten two correct in each of the last two weeks. And they actually watched this movie this week and got 10 they got all 10, so, uh, so you have hope if you watch the movie. Uh, but, but here we go, uh, uh, cell phones off. I didn't think I'd have to tell you, but um, uh, maybe I've seen some of your scores, so uh, I need to make sure. Turn your cell phones off. Okay, first question. Here you are, are you ready? You ready for this? Have you studied? All right, question one. Um, in the movie, what was the Midwest state? that Ralphie, Ralphie uh, Ralph Parker and his family live in? Um, is it A, Iowa, B, Illinois, C, Indiana, or D, Ohio? Are they Hawkeyes, Illini, Hoosiers, or Buckeyes? Which, which one are they, A, B, C, or D? Okay, number two, this is your softball question, the easy one. What is the brand name of the BB gun that Ralphie wants for Christmas. You don't even really have needed to see this movie to, uh, to know this one. What was the brand name? Number three, what Christmas carol did the Parkers sing in the car before they had the, the tire blowout? Which song was it? Was it A, uh, 12 Days of Christmas? B, Jingle Bells? C, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? 
Or D, Santa Claus is coming to town. A, B, C, or D. Number four, Ralphie's Secret Society decoder pin uh, came from what radio program? You had to tune into this regularly to, and, and then got the little codes there at the end. What was the radio program? Um, and and uh, in, in the spirit of the movie, you see on the backside of your number sheet, you see you get to decode uh, today's uh, message notes. So have fun with that. If you get bored with the message, that's my gift to you. Kids at the tables, decode it. Uh, you'll get the purpose of Christmas just from that. Uh, number five, after pronouncing fragile, fragile, Ralph's dad suggested it must be what language? Is it A, Italian, B, German, C, French, or D, Swedish? What language did he think fragile was? Do we have any teachers in here? Teachers? No? Oh, okay, a couple of you. Okay, number, number six um, is the question, what gift did Ralphie give his teacher for Christmas? Chances are, if you're a teacher, you've received one of these at, at, at one time or another. And it's not gift card. This movie takes place in the 40s. So, so it's not gift card. I'm just going to help you out that way. What gift did Ralphie give his teacher for Christmas? Okay, number seven. This can be a little confusing because it's multiple choice A, B, C, and D, but, uh, but uh, the, the grade letters are different. What grade did Ralphie receive on his Christmas theme paper? Now, he had visions of getting an A+, but he didn't get an A+. What grade did he get? Did he get a B+, a B, a C+, or did he get an F? What, what was his grade? Number eight, name the major household appliance that Ralphie's father constantly battled throughout the movie. Major household appliance that Ralphie's father constantly battled. Ralphie's father, otherwise known as the old man. Number nine, what happens to the Parker's Christmas turkey? A, it burns in the oven. B, Ralph's dad eats it before it's cooked thoroughly. C, it never got thawed. Or D, the neighbor's dogs eat it. A, B, C, or D. Okay, this is a slightly harder question. Now, uh, the author of the book uh, that A Christmas Story is based on it's actually some short stories compiled together. Uh, but the author of those stories is Gene Shepard. And he has a special role in the movie. What was it? What was his special role in the movie? Okay, a couple seconds to tidy those up. And you can hand them to your neighbor. And we will grade these here on the spot. We're looking for a 10. The 10s will go into drawing, along with our winner from 8 o'clock. Let's see how well you know this great movie from the 80s. Here are the answers. 
Number one, Indiana. They're Hoosiers. Northern Indiana is where they're from. It's referenced a handful of times in the movie. Uh, two, your softball question, what was it? Red Rider. Red Rider BB gun. Okay, so slow down the slides because I wanna, I wanna hear shout outs. Okay, uh, uh, so it's Red Rider BB gun, that's number two. Uh, number three, what was the song? Jingle Bells, that's right. Jingle Bells. How did it end, anybody? That very good, very good. I just had you spit on the person in front of you. The flat tire happened right after that. <laughs> we'll see that, that clip in a moment. Uh, number four, what, what was the radio program? Little Orphan Annie. Orphan Annie works too. Little Orphan Annie. Orphan Annie. What language is fragile? Italian, I guess. <laughs> uh, we, we really, really wanted to have a couple leg lamps up here, but thought may, maybe that'd be going a little too far. I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, what, uh, what gift did Ralphie give his teacher? A fruit basket. Teachers, have you received a fruit basket before? Some schools actually sell them, I think, uh, with the intention that you're going to give it to your teacher for Christmas. Uh, number seven, what was his grade on the theme paper? C+. Plus. You guys are rocking this one. This is a favorite for you. C+. Plus. And how about, how about uh, the, uh, the major household appliance? The furnace. That, is, that led to all kinds of foul language, um, a furnace. Number nine, what happens to the turkey? The neighbor's dogs eat it. If you've never seen the movie, you would never guess that as the answer, but uh, it's, it's the neighbor's dogs eat the Christmas turkey. And number 10, oh yeah, I could have asked the name of the, the family. The Bumpuses, that's right. Uh, number 10, the, the author of the book, A Christmas Story, uh, that it's based on, Gene Shepard, what was Gene Shepard's role, special role in the movie? There are two possible answers I'll accept. Narrator or adult Ralphie. Either one of those, those, those work for me. So, so who, who got 10? Oh, we got some 10s. Oh, another, this, this is the, the, the Patey family is just rocking it. They won last week. Uh, okay, so if you got your 10, just make sure you put your name down on those. Turn it into the Welcome Center. You'll all get to be placed in the drawing. We'll see who the, the big winner is. So how many 10s here? We got 10s here, 10s here, 10s here, 10s in the back, 10 over here. Dan got, all right. You guys, this is great. You're, we're going to have fun today. Well, it's clear that some of you, all right, cut the music. Does Drew Carey ever say that? No. Okay. Well, it's clear that some of, some of you know this. This movie, Inside and Out. I'm curious, though, how many of you have never seen A Christmas Story? Okay, a handful of you. All right, I find it's kind of like the Old Testament of the Bible, uh, where, where you've, you know some, a lot of the scenes because it's on TV all the time, and you tune in, and, and you know the pink bunny rabbit that, that you shook hands with on the way in, and you know... Uh, you know, a, a couple of the other scenes, but, you, but just kind of like the Old Testament, you know this story, you know that story, but you don't know how it all fits together. Uh, that, that's kind of the way that I see this movie, uh, but it's a great movie. It's a fun movie. Um, um, I, I wouldn't call it a kid's movie, um, although um, it is a fun story of Ralph Parker and his family um, in the 1940s. Uh, Ralph really, really wants a Red Ryder BB gun. 
That, that's kind of the, the storyline throughout, that he wants this BB gun for Christmas, but is, he's repeatedly scolded and told no, because why? You'll, you'll shoot your eye out. Exactly. I need to start asking like you to finish Bible scripture. Uh, <laughs> that was good. That's the way it should be. And, and, but, but throughout the movie, which spans uh, really the few weeks leading up to Christmas, it's the Christmas season, uh, you quickly discover that um, you get this glimpse of Ralphie and his, his nine-year-old life, and, but you quickly discover that he's kind of he's a, he's a little bit of a rotten kid. He's not perfect. Uh, in fact, he gets himself into trouble often, uh, which makes the movie so much fun. Uh, one of the recurring problems that Ralphie has, though, is, is with his language, his foul language, which he really, I mean, he comes by honestly. He picks it up from his dad uh, as his dad battles the furnace or, uh, or the neighbor's dogs. And, and this language problem leads to uh, one of my favorite episodes in the entire film, and, and I hope you enjoy this clip. Actually, my old man loved it. He always saw himself in the pits at the Indianapolis Speedway in the 500. Uh-huh. Yeah. My old man's spare tires were actually only tires in the academic sense. They were round. They had once been made of rubber. Ralphie, yes? why don't you go help your father? Really? Can I? Yes. Yeah. Watch the traffic there. Okay. It was the first time that it had been suggested that I go help my father with anything. What are you doing here? M Mom said that I should help. Oh, oh yeah? Yeah. Okay, sit down here. Squat down. Yeah, that's it. Hey, hold this here. No, not that way, not that way. Go on, come on, Rat Trap. Hold it like this, hey? Oh, like this. If I want to put the nuts in it. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Nice for them. And we got it. <laughs> ah, right there. There it is. Oh, it's like, I get that dirty mug. Bling, bang, bang. There we go. And... Oh, for one brief moment, I saw all the bolts silhouetted against the lights of the traffic, and then they were gone. Oh. Fudge. Only I didn't say fudge. I said the word, the big one, the queen mother of dirty words, the F dash 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 word. What did you say? Uh, um, that's what I thought you said. In the car. Go on. It was all over. I was dead. What would it be? The guillotine hanging, the chair, the rack, the Chinese water torture. <laughs> Mere child's play compared to what surely awaited me. Everything go all right? 
know what your son just said? No, what? I'll tell you what he said. Ready? Over the years, I got to be quite a connoisseur of soap. My personal preference is for Lux, but I found palm olive had a nice piquant after-dinner flavor, heady, but with just a touch of mellow smoothness. Life Boy, on the other hand. You ready to tell me? All right. Where did you hear that word? Now, I had heard that word at least 10 times a day from my old man. My father worked in profanity the way other artists might work in oils or clay. It was his true medium, a master. But I chickened out, and I blurted out the first name that came to mind. Schwartz! Oh, I see. Mrs. Schwartz? Yes, I'm fine. Uh, Mrs. Schwartz, do you know what Ralph just said? No. He said... No, Yes, that. Do you know where he heard it? Probably from his father. No. He heard it from your son. Now, I don't show that clip just because it's, it's an amazing scene. Uh, it is. I, I share it because along with many of uh, Ralphie's other transgressions, it, it really illustrates the backdrop of the biblical Christmas story. I, and here is Ralphie, desperately trying to be as good as he possibly can be in order to receive the, the prize, receive what he wanted for Christmas, the Red Ryder BB gun. And yet he repeatedly, over and over and over again, falls short of the goodness that he strived for. I mean, here are just some of the ways that he screwed things up uh, throughout the, the movie. And one of the, the classic scenes of Ralphie and his friend Schwartz, who's about to get a lashing, uh, they, they taunt another one of their friends, Flick into uh, sticking his tongue on the frozen flagpole. Um, and, and this is one of those scenes that if you've never seen the movie, you've probably seen this part. Uh, and, and they all return back to the classroom, but the teacher looks and Flick isn't there. And she asks, where is Flick? It was recess time, and so he was there earlier. And eventually a little girl points out the window, and the teacher sees Flick's tongue and with his tongue stuck to the flagpole out there. And after the police come and the fire department comes, uh, and they finally get him unstuck, uh, Flick is back there in the classroom with tape all over his tongue, cotton or something, and, and the teacher um, knows that Ralphie had something to do with it, but she doesn't have the proof. Flick wouldn't rat him out. Uh, she doesn't have the proof to really punish him, but she stands over him at his desk, and she said, I hope the guilt that you feel is worse than any punishment you could ever receive. And, and Ralphie, he did. He felt guilty. He certainly did. Um, in another episode, the town bully, who had been tormenting Ralphie and his brother and, and their friends throughout the movie, he throws a snowball that pop, hits Ralphie right in the face. And, and Ralphie, well, something inside of him just snaps. 
um, and, and he charges the bully, and he tackles him, and he proceeds to beat him up thoroughly, and the town kids all gather around, and they're, they're cheering him on there uh, until they hear what Ralphie, the obscenities that Ralphie is screaming out as he beats up the town bully, Scott Farkas. And all the kids, uh, all the kids run, um, and they know that the beating that that Ralphie is going to get from his dad is going to certainly um, outpace the beating that, that the bully, Scott, had just received. And in fact, in another one of my favorite scenes, uh, Ralphie's younger brother is, is hiding under the kitchen counter, um, under the sink, uh, hiding there. And then when, when mom finds him, uh, he says, Daddy's going to kill Ralphie. Um, <laughs> so, but, but then in the last scene, the, the scene that we just saw, uh, Ralphie dropped the F-bomb. He knew he had done wrong. Uh, he knew immediately that he had broken trust uh, with his dad. Um, and, and he felt so bad that his first thought uh, was to alleviate his own guilt by blaming somebody else. Uh, and so, so he throws his friend Schwartz under the bus. And, and right after this scene, you know, you hear over the phone, uh, Schwartz's mom really uh, giving it to Schwartz. Um, and, and then right after that, there's a scene where Ralphie's laying in bed just weeping. He, he's just crying because he feels so bad, not only about what he had done uh, in saying the, the, the bad word in the first place, but then for throwing his, his friend to the wolves too, uh, blaming his friend for it. And all of these scenes, they're supposed to be funny, and they are. I mean, they really are. Uh, but as I stated uh, earlier, these funny scenes, they illustrate humanity's very real problem. And that composes the backdrop of the biblical Christmas story. And the overall story of the Bible begins with, with, with God uh, creating uh, this and, and this intimate relationship uh, that God has with all of his creation, but especially that part of his creation that he created in his own image. People, uh, man and woman. Uh, and, and we see from the very beginning in the story of Adam and Eve, that humanity broke their trust with God. And Adam and Eve secretly disobeyed their, their very loving father. And, and when confronted about their indiscretions, they, they ended up blaming some, each of them blamed someone else for their own poor choices. And that's, that kind of illustrates the beginning of humanity's broken relationship with God. And then throughout the Old Testament of the Bible, we see episode after episode, these stories that, that we kind of know, we maybe don't know exactly how they fit together, uh, but, but we see episode after episode of God reaching out to humanity, uh, trying to reestablish this, this relationship. And at times, it seems like progress is being made. Uh, but in the end, the problem is, is never really fixed. God and his people remain estranged. They remain unreconciled because of really the selfishness and the, the evil and the, the brokenness that resides deep down in, in every human heart. And this is the backdrop. Uh, this is the behind the scenes of what's going on in the biblical Christmas story. Humanity has a problem, and the problem was sin. And, and sin had caused a rift between them, between us, and God. And despite all of humanity's best efforts, uh, sin was still present. E even though God's people at times tried to fix their problem by 
doing everything that they could, uh, they, they still made poor choices. Just like, just like Ralphie when he tried to fix the problem uh, by, by throwing Schwartz under the bus. It just made things worse. And that's oftentimes what we see throughout the story of the Old Testament. Uh, but despite God's repeated gestures of love and, and blessing and sometimes even corrective discipline, God's people and all of humanity remained far from God. They could never be reconciled because of this sin problem. And that's the backdrop of our Christmas story, too. This isn't just the biblical story. This is really our story, too. We're, we're infected with the same problem. And really, we are utterly helpless to do anything about it. Our, our sin problem not only, not only causes uh, problems in our everyday lives, it breaks our relationship with God. Uh, we, we make poor choices. A lot of times we know it. We know it right away, just like Ralph. He knew it right away uh, that he had made a bad choice. And, and we inherently know that those choices, that they come with consequences. We may even try to fix things uh, in bad ways by shifting the blame to somebody else or maybe in good ways to try to, to make up for it by being as good as we can to, to earn uh, God's love and the love of others. But, but nothing that we do can fix the, the, the real problem. Nothing can repair and rebuild our relationship with God. We, we might be able to mend things with each other to some degree, uh, but, but we can never mend our relationship with God on our own. H hear this. It's only at God's initiative that things get better. That's what Christmas is all about. And Christmas is God taking the initiative to address our biggest problem. Uh, let me share again this passage from the book of Romans in the New Testament that Elizabeth read a, a little bit ago, and it reflects the, the purpose of Jesus' birth. Uh, I, I want to just emphasize some of the, the words in here as, as we kind of put this story together. Scripture says, Romans chapter 5, uh, starting with verse 6, when we were utterly helpless... Christ came at just the right time, and he died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Christmas is God's initiative to reconcile us to himself through Jesus Christ, his son. It's through the life and the, and the death and the resurrection that, of Jesus that we can be made right with God. Uh, through Christmas, God is welcoming us home as friends of his, really as adopted sons and daughters of the Most High God. I mean, when we put our, our hope and our trust in, in the merits of Jesus, his goodness, his righteousness, uh, rather than our own frail attempts at goodness and righteousness. When we put our hope and our trust in his merits, 
God is pleased to redirect the consequences that we have earned for our own poor choices and redirect them to the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross on our behalf. That's, that's ultimately what Christmas is all about, that God would send his son to be that for us. And, uh, and since we are then reconciled to God, we can, as the last verse in, in Romans uh, that I read says, we can rejoice. We, we can have great joy in our lives, despite our, our sin and our brokenness. We can rejoice in the wonderful new relationship we have with God because Jesus has made us right with God. That's what Christmas is all about. And, and you know what's, what's crazy is, is this isn't a foreign theme for Christmas. At least it, it's not new if we're paying attention to the songs that we sing. We, we sing about it all the time. And all the, the greatest Christmas carols that we sing, the, the, the songs that the junior band led us in earlier, and Hark the Herald Angels Sing, uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King, Peace on Earth and Mercy Mild, God and sinners reconciled. In the, in the song, God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, we sang it in the, the very first verse. Uh, God rest ye merry gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay. Remember, Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we had gone astray. Oh, these are tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. You know, uh, this afternoon we'll have a Christmas concert here uh, at 3 o'clock right in this place. In fact, that's why things are kind of set up the way that they are. Uh, you're welcome back for that. There'll be songs sung with this theme in it. We're, we're going to sing some more in just a few minutes. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lowly exile here until the Son of God appear. Look, mourns in the, the exile and the brokenness and sin that, that we need to be ransomed from. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error, pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. You know, after thousands of years of darkness, Christmas was the dawn of redeeming grace. And, and, and I know that this is really simple and straightforward message, uh, one that, that many of you already understood as the very purpose of Christmas. Uh, but, but let me make this a little more relevant for you. You see, in, in a Christmas story, um, the, the way the movie ends, Christmas Day comes, and Ralphie, despite his poor behavior throughout the movie, uh, Ralphie does receive the Red Ryder BB gun that, that he was hoping for um, and went to all lengths to try to drop hints and, and get done. Um, he receives it. Christmas still came for Ralphie, even though he was not behaving the best. Uh, but, but get this, right after, right after um, he receives this undeserved gift, Right afterwards, he goes out and he's, he's uh, in his pajamas and he's shooting at a target with the, the gun and, and he shoots and um, it, the gun kicks back a little bit and it knocks his glasses off. And he immediately thinks that he's done it. He shot his eye out, uh, but, but he hasn't. Uh, it was just the kickback. And, but as he's, as he's kind of looking around for his glasses, he steps on them and breaks them. Uh, and he knows, oh no, I'm really gonna get it for that. So what does he do? 
he immediately contrives a story about how an icicle fell from the side of the house and hit him and broke his glasses. And uh, th that one doesn't work, kids. Uh, well, it worked in this story, I guess. Uh, but, it, but despite the amazing gift, undeserved gift that he received at Christmas, he still cannot get over his tendency to lie and deceive. The problem inside him isn't solved. Now, you can understand the biblical Christmas story through and through. You, you've deciphered uh, in your message notes, you've deciphered the meaning of Christmas, that Christmas was God's initiative to welcome you back home. You can get it. You can even receive the redeeming grace, the undeserved gift of Jesus Christ like Ralphie received on Christmas morning getting that Red Rider BB gun. You can receive it, but hear me clearly, you can never outgrow the need for Christmas. You can never get past needing God to take the initiative to save you. Just because you get it doesn't exempt you from every year, heck, every day, every moment needing to fall on your knees and hear the angel voices when you consider the night that Jesus was born to save you. You know, if you've never understood the purpose of Christmas, to, to send his son to make you a friend of God, to reconcile you to himself, to bring you back home, then, then receive it this Christmas. Put your hope and your trust in the grace of God that is given as a free gift. But if you get it already, receive his grace afresh. Rejoice in what God has done for you. Never, never let your heart get so familiar with the story that it loses its power, the power of what God has done for you. You know, this isn't just a Christmas story. This is the Christmas story. And it was written for you. More than that, it was lived out long ago so that you and I could be welcomed home despite all the junk that still remains in here. So let's, let's stand together um, and, and pray, and, and ultimately, let's, let's rejoice in what God has done for us in, in a couple of songs that, that I referenced earlier. Well, Heavenly Father, for most of us, this is a familiar message, but we pray that the power of what you did for us so long ago isn't lost on us just because we get it. Lord, help us never sing or hear a Christmas carol that describes how, how you took initiative and sent Jesus to earth to redeem us. Help us never sing or hear a song like that without being overcome by your awesome love for us. And Lord, help us never get so familiar with this story or familiar with our reconciled relationship with you that we forget how you came at just the right time when we were utterly helpless. And remind us again how much we need you and how amazing your grace really is. And in a moment as we, we close with these familiar songs, may your spirit penetrate our hearts and, and lead us to a place of hope and trust in you. We pray in the name of Christ, our Savior.